Psalm 102. <clears throat> We're not going to cover all these verses, but I do want to read the first 11 verses and then skip down to verses 23 and 24 as we look at <clears throat> the afflictions of this man of sorrows. Psalm 102, verse 1, Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry for help come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day of my distress. Incline your ear to me in the day when I call, answer me quickly. For my days have been consumed in smoke, and my bones have been scorched like a hearth. My heart has been smitten like grass and has withered away. Indeed, I forget to eat my bread. Because of the loudness of my groaning, my bones cling to my flesh. I resemble a pelican of the wilderness. I become like an owl of waste places. I lie awake. I have become like a lonely bird on a housetop. My enemies have reproached me all day long. Those who deride me have used my name as a curse. For I have eaten ashes like bread and mingled my drink with weeping because of your indignation and your wrath, for you have lifted me up and cast me away. My days are like a lengthened shadow and I wither away like grass. Verse 23. He has weakened my strength in the way. He has shortened my days. I say, O my God, do not take me away in the midst of my days. Your years are throughout all generations. This psalm has been fairly difficult for me to really engraft because of the severity of the afflictions of this man. We have learned that this psalm is messianic. When we're talking about this psalm, we are talking about a psalm that was written for future generations, as we see in verse 18. This will be written for generation to come that a people yet to be created may praise the Lord. So this psalm is specifically pinned down by inspiration for this generation. A generation that was to be created by the Lord for His praise. So whatever's going on here, it does have impact on this generation that the Lord is going to create. We learn that we don't know the human author, but we do know a description of the speaker. And I guess if I was going to sum it up in words that really don't tell the tale, we would say that the speaker is afflicted and he is without strength. He is, as you look at the inscription in Psalm 102, He is the afflicted one. Now we learn that the New Testament comes along our side and does provide us with a key to the understanding of this psalm. 
that key is the New Testament quotation in the book of Hebrews that begins in verse 25 of this psalm down through verse 27. And Hebrews tells us explicitly that that section of this psalm is God the Father speaking to the incarnate Son. So having known that, that those verses, verses 25 through verse 27, is God the Father addressing the incarnate Son, that helps us know who the speaker is. The speaker is who? It is the incarnate Son of God. So folks, when we're looking at the description of these afflictions, we are looking at the inner life of a man whose name is Jesus Christ, our Lord. That is astonishing. And I've really been conflicted in my spirit because as I've gone through this psalm, I've almost wanted to do exactly what the prophet Isaiah wrote. Isaiah wrote that his afflictions were so severe that they turned their head away from it. Some of us might understand what that means where a person can be so hurt, so maligned, mangled in body, that to look upon that person is just something you don't want to what? You don't want to do. You just involuntarily turn your head away. I remember when my middle son was hurt, severely hurt, on an oil pump many, many decades ago. And I was the one who found him And I remember looking in his, he had jeans on, the jeans were ripped from the top, it just just like a like a little bandage, it just ripped right down the thing, and it was laid open. And I could see my son's leg. And when I talk about seeing my son's leg, what I mean is I saw the bones of his leg in those jeans where the oil pump had just gone through right down the bone and it sheared the side of my son's legs. Now at that point, you know, I had other concerns, but as you think back on something like that, it's really not something you want to meditate on, right? It's not something you want to think about. We're entering in to the sorrows and afflictions of our Lord in this psalm. And when you think about that, and you think about our Lord praying a prayer like this, Hear my prayer, O God. Let my cry for help come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day of my distress. Incline your ear to me in the day when I call. Answer me quickly. When you think about our Lord as a man, was He a man? He was fully human, was He not? Praying to God the Father. 
and expressing the distresses and the afflictions that were coming upon him ever increasingly throughout his earthly life. It is amazing. And the reason why I say that it was throughout his whole earthly life is because, if you'll notice in verse 3, the psalmist, the, the author, the one who is speaking this psalm says, for my days. Everybody see that? For my days. He's going to say the same thing in verse 8. He says, my enemies have reproached me all day long. Or verse 11, my days are like a lengthened shadow and I wither away like grass. <clears throat> or verse 23, he has shortened my days. That's definitely referring to the length of his what? The length of his life. And in verse 24, he says, Oh God, do not take me away in the midst of my what? My days. So when we're looking at this affliction and we're looking at the, this distress, we're talking about the incarnate Son describing His earthly days. Days that were full of distress, ever increasing afflictions. Reproach was his daily food. And when I think about that, and I think about him being sinless, undeserving of this, right? If it was us, we would be deserving. But He is undeserving of this. And when I think about that affliction and that distress and that reproach being daily and growing all the way to the cross, I really stand amazed. Amazed at what? that He kept doing the will of the Father. Why would I say that? Folks, why would I say I stand amazed that the man, Christ Jesus, would continue to do the will of the Father in these types of daily, growing circumstances? Why do I say that? Because we don't. We don't. If we have a few days of circumstances that even come close to something like Job, what are our thoughts? What are the motions of our heart? What are the questions that arise that make us doubt God? He's not doubting God. How do I know He's not doubting God? Because He's praying to Him. He's going to Him in the midst of these afflictions, isn't He? Folks, you and I really have struggle if we have one bad, severe day of affliction, we begin doubting everything we've ever been taught or read in our Bibles. And this went on throughout all the days of our Savior. 
Do you understand why I say I stand amazed? And folks, this idea about our Savior directly contradicts the modern church's view in America today. The modern church today does not understand the Scripture's mirror of the Incarnate Son. What did He really look like? If you see pictures in Sunday school, what you see is a happy, happy, happy Jesus. What you see is an inviting Jesus. What you hear in many cases is a Jesus that only wants our earthly happiness, our earthly success, our earthly prosperity. I'll tell you what we don't see, and I'll tell you why we don't see it. We don't like to look at this. A man of sorrows. What would that look like? Acquainted with grief. What would that look like? Afflicted. What would that look like? And folks, the reason why this is so critical that we have the right image of our Lord in our mind is this. The Scripture brings out, and I have seen it in my own ministry, that the thing that drives people away from Christ is taking up one's cross daily and following Him. You've probably seen that. Folks, a cross hurts. Right? A cross is an instrument of cruelty, of violence. It's an instrument of death. It's not a happy thing. Now, there is happiness in the Christian life. Jesus Christ Himself said, listen to what He said, My joy I give to you. He did say that, didn't he? But that doesn't mean that he necessarily walked around with a happy, happy, happy face. If you find a human being on earth that has had a life of sorrow and a life of hard circumstances, you would probably say something like this. You can see it on their face. Right? Mm -hmm. You can look at somebody and say, I don't know everything about them, but, but they've had a hard life. Folks, if I could may if I could just say this and really I even hesitate to word it this way, but Jesus had a hard life. And what I want to look at 
for tonight is in verses 23 and 24. I want to begin looking at the afflicted man of sorrows by looking at these last two verses. And I think that as we look at these two verses, I think we will come to a greater embracing that this psalm really is messianic and that this psalm really is talking about the man of sorrows, Christ Jesus our Lord. It says in verse 23, He has weakened my strength in the way. Paul wrote to the Corinthians in chapter 13, verse 4, in the second epistle, he wrote this, For indeed, Christ was crucified because of weakness. Yet He lives because of the power of God. We also are weak in Him, Yet we will live with Him because of the power of God toward you. The incarnate Son, verse 23, walked in the way. Do you see that phrase there in that verse? In the way? He walked in the way of God the Father, yet weakened. Everybody see that? Who's the He in verse 23? It's God the Father. So folks, let's just ask ourselves this as we meditate on this. Is is the Son of God, the incarnate Son, is He in the way of God the Father? He is in the way of God the Father. And in that way, in the will of God, God the Father is doing what to Him? Weakening Him. Does everybody see that? He is weakening Him. The phrase, to be weakened refers to a breaking down. What God the Father was doing to the incarnate Son was that He was breaking down, now listen to how I word this, His, quote, normal, unquote, bodily strength. Now what do I mean when I say normal? What I mean by that is what is written in Psalm 90 and verse 10. I'll quote it for you. You'll remember this. Moses wrote in that psalm that the days of our life are 70. Do you hear that? 70. And if by reason of strength, how many? 80. That's what I mean by normal bodily strength. When, when someone comes into this world, when a baby comes into this world, nobody sits there and thinks, my baby's going to die at age two. What do we normally, what do we think? That baby's going to grow, become an adult, live a normal life, and at 70 or 80, somewhere in there, then they're going to what? 
They're going to die. That's what I mean by normal. So in spite of what's going on, attacking him in his inner man, here he's talking about his bodily strength. And what God the Father did is that as Christ walked in the will of God, God the Father broke down his bodily strength gradually throughout his earthly days. Now what does that look like in normal human experience? Well, it looks like what he says in verse 23. You remember I've told you many, many times, especially in the Psalms and Proverbs, he'll quote a truth and then he'll quote the truth again coming at it from another angle. He's weakened my strength in the way. All right, what does that look like? (coughs) He has shortened my what? My days. days. Everybody see that? He has shortened my days. That's exactly what he means when God the Father is breaking down his normal bodily strength of 70 to 80. The word shorten here is a very interesting Hebrew word and it means to cut off. And folks, to be cut off like this in the land of the living was an indication to Israel that God has judged that person. And you'll recall many, many times he'll say, you know, if an Israelite does this, he'll be cut off from that nation. It was a sign of judgment. Now folks, as we look at it just this little bit, just as this little bit as we look at the life of our Lord, was He weakened? Remember the passage. He was crucified in weakness. Right? He was weakened, was He not? Was he cut off? Was his day shortened from what a normal life expectancy would have been? The answer to that is yes. Now folks, as you think about that, and you've got to engage this to really allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you, you've got to think about a man, you don't have to put a face on it, but you just got to think about Think about yourself, think about your bodily strength getting weaker day by day by day to the place where you realize you're not going to live out the length of your days. And that other people see this as the judgment of who? The judgment of God. And folks, you shouldn't think that strange. Did Job's friends think God was judging him? Yes. And Isaiah says that we esteemed him smitten, stricken of who? Of God. Do you hear that? That's the way that nation looked at him. 
Now folks, what we have here is the incarnate Son walking in the way of the Lord regardless, regardless of how His circumstances of life were projecting God's approval or disapproval. Other people saw it as God's what? God's judgment. Regardless of how people view your circumstances. Whether other people view God judging you or whether God, other people view God as approving you. What is He doing? He's walking in the way, is He not? He is steadfast to do the will of the Lord. He is walking in the things of God. And folks, this is exactly what the book of Hebrews says. I want to read it to you and then I'll give you the address if you want to write it down. Listen to what it says. In the days of His flesh, He offered up both prayers and supplications with loud crying. What does that sound like? And tears. What does that look like? to the one able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his piety. Although he was a son, he learned obedience from the things which he suffered. Hebrews 5, verses 7 and 8. Does the book of Hebrews agree with this psalm? He was the afflicted one. And in spite of how his circumstances, whether they projected God was for him or whether they projected God was against him, he still walked in that way. And folks, you and I may have seasons of life where we don't really understand what the Lord is doing and things are very, very severe in our life and we do feel ourselves getting weaker and weaker. You may even feel like your life is on a leak and it's dripping away. And Satan wants you to doubt. And Satan wants you to curse God and die. He wants you to blaspheme God. What did the incarnate Son do? He walked in the way. Everybody see that? Regardless of those circumstances. Now folks, the incarnate Son's response to these circumstances was prayer. Everybody see that? How do we know that? What's verses 1 and 2? Did He pray? He was praying, wasn't He? What does it look like? Verse 24, He said, I say... Who's he talking to? Oh my God. Everybody see that? He's praying. You say, what was he doing when he went off into the wilderness at night while the disciples were sleeping? Oh my God. You say, how in the world could a man like that spend all night praying? Folks, if you were under the type of stress 
and strain and affliction and distress and weakening, you would need to go pray and you would not have any trouble praying for any length of time. You know that's true. But what's very important for us to understand is that the Lord Jesus is not moving away from His daily cross. And He's certainly not complaining about it. Now what does He pray in verse 24? This is instructive. <clears throat> he says, Oh my God, do not take me away in the midst of my days. Your years are throughout all generations. There's a couple of interesting Hebrew words here. One of them is this phrase translated in our English translation as take me away. That Hebrew phrase refers to being taken up. Being taken up. And folks, that's what you would do, right? If you're going to take something away, you just might take it away by lifting it up and taking it away from something. But it means to take something up. So what he's praying here is this. He says, do not take me up. The other Hebrew phrase is interesting is the word midst. Do not take me up or do not take me away in the midst of my what? My days. And remember in verse 23, what has God the Father done? He has shortened His days. The word midst, if I was going to be real literal about it, means half. It means half. And then he contrasts his days to God's days. And there is some Hebrew translation difficulties, but I'm going to take it like it is in our New American Standard. God's years are throughout what? All generations. God is eternal, isn't He? So he's contrasting his days on earth. He's talking about his days being shortened. Lord, do not take me up in the half of my days. Now folks, what this is really, really interesting. If our normal days are 70, what's half of 70? Okay, that's not a trick question. It's 30 what? 35. Most people hold that Jesus died sometime around 30 A.D. And most scholars believe that He was born 4 B.C. 
how old would that make him? 4 B.C., 30 A.D. Treasure? 34. It's about half the what? It's about half the days. That's amazing, isn't it? Now folks, we would not be giving this understanding of this psalm if it was not written for a future generation. Because it was that future generation, a people created for the praise of God, that inscripturated Hebrews chapter 1. He really was, regardless of how precise you want to make the chronology, he really died in the midst of his days. And he was raised again, wasn't he? In the midst of his days. Folks, this picture, this mirror that the Scripture is giving to us of our Savior just in those two verses, we can definitely say that the afflicted one was the man of sorrows. And folks, He is our Master and our Lord. I am very, very thankful My small trials don't come anywhere close to this. But we do enter into these sorrows according to the will of God. No believer gets out of this. We're being conformed into His what? image, Paul writes, being made conformable to his death. That's what we're talking about here. That doesn't mean you're going to die at 35. You may live to be 110. Or like my dear sister, lived to be 105. When you get to be 105, you're questioning whether or not that's a blessing or not. But 105 years old. But folks, the fact of the matter is, is that if we have circumstances in our life that produce weakening, stress, despair, affliction, You feel like you're being crushed. You are entering into the sufferings of Jesus Christ. What do you do? Pray. And walk in the way of the Lord. 
And folks, if everything is healthy and happy in your life, you're like, of course. (laughs) But when you enter into a severity of trial, you will find that it's not always well of course. You will find that the one who has struck you will be the one who will strengthen you by the power of God. When I am weak, Paul says, then I am I am strong. Let's go to our Lord in prayer.